patients of Reddit. What happened when a doctor or nurse accused you of faking it when you were actually in need of urgent medical care? My friend's dad went to the ER and the doctor said he was fine after minimal examination. Her dad insisted something was wrong and said he wouldn't leave until they ran some tests. As he was being escorted out by security, he had a brain aneurysm and died. Her family was awarded a pretty massive malpractice settlement, but they were absolutely devastated. I fell down a flight of stairs one time while working, hit a nail on the way down and ripped my forearm open and was bleeding a good bit. Adrenaline had me going long enough for my girlfriend, a nurse at another hospital, to drive me there. I had a bloody paper towel on my arm and all the security guards and nurses assumed I was a junkie that blew a vein. Finally, all the hype wore off and I kind of passed out and woke up in a wheelchair in the exam room. I don't know exactly what happened, but my girlfriend was flipping out on the workers. She said half of them assumed I was on drugs and the other half thought I was faking it to skip the line. I wasn't dying of blood loss or anything. I just got woozy when I actually was able to see the meat in my arm for the first time. They all just watched me as I fell to the floor and busted my head on the floor. Even then, they didn't do anything. My girlfriend, who's not even half my size as I'm not a small guy at all, had to pick me up and drag me into the wheelchair. Screw that hospital. Not as a patient, but as a parent of a patient. My wife and I started to suspect that something was wrong with our son starting at age two. He would run around all day and was an active little guy, but never sweat. He also never appeared to get cold. We live in New England, and he would often take his shirt off before going to sleep, even in the winter months. These concerns were dismissed as a toddlers are weird sort of thing by his doctor. We later noticed that he would stop and complain about his hands or feet hurting while playing or laying in bed. These were also dismissed. We were told that the pain in his feet could be because his feet are flat or because of growing pains. We were told that it could also be attention related. The doctor said that it's not uncommon for middle children to act out. This continued for four years. My sister is a biologist and asked us if we ever got him checked for Fabry disease. I flat out asked the doctor if he could be tested and the doctor told us that there was no way this was Fabry and they weren't going to test a kid without any genetic history of the disorder. The disorder is genetic and without a classic sign, one that often doesn't show up until adulthood if it shows up at all. We waited until our son was literally screaming in bed about how his hands and feet feeling like they were on fire. We demanded to get him tested and he was diagnosed with Fabry. It's essentially a metabolic disorder caused by a missing enzyme. There are many issues associated with it, but the main one is extreme neuropathic pain in the hands and feet. The pain can be random, but with my son, it is normally because he overheated since he lacks the ability to sweat. He plays sports, so we have to be careful. Overactivity and fevers have to be watched out for since his body can't cool itself down. Pain can last anywhere from a couple of minutes to a couple of days. The average age of this diagnosis for this disorder is around 16, so it's not surprising that his doctor missed it. Most doctors do since it's a rare disorder. That was a little over a year ago and my son is doing well now. There is no cure, but treatment allows him to live a relatively normal life with some added pain. I couldn't imagine making him wait until his teens to get any relief. I was in labor and because it was my first, they acted like I had no idea what was happening and kept denying what I was insisting. I was over two months early and handled pain so well, they acted like it was just in my head. Made me stand at the counter filling out paperwork while I insisted I needed to push. They decided to lay me down to check if I had even started dilating and I promptly pushed him out. I was furious with how I was treated. I still am. My mother had a stroke at age 32. The doctors didn't diagnose it properly for over 24 hours because they were convinced her symptoms must have been related to drugs since she was in good health and so young. My dad apparently tried to tell them that she has no history of drug use but they didn't believe him. Now she's permanently disabled because of how long it took for her to receive proper treatment. Not me, but my best friend nearly died of a kidney infection that her doctor brushed off as period cramps. Not me, but my mother. She had called an ambulance because she had been experiencing chest pains, to which they basically told her she was crazy. About a month later, she passed away from a heart attack. 
When I was in labor, the hospital had my records wrong and showed I was due a month later. I was ticked, especially since I was in labor and in a lot of pain. The lady kept arguing until she realized I was in labor. She must have heard all the crap my boyfriend, now husband, were talking about her. Happened to my mom. They told her she was having an anxiety attack. She was having a heart attack. Was 12 years old and had a heart problem that was just starting to show. Arrhythmia and palpitations. Only happened when overexerting myself. Go to cardiologist and was accused of faking it to get out of chores and soccer practice. By the time I'm 15, my heart is absolutely unreliable throughout the day. During an attack, I would lose my sight and pass out. Same cardiologist still claimed I was faking it. Kids just don't have heart conditions. 16 years old and my heart finally stops. Luckily, I passed out earlier at school and was in the nurse's office when my heart stopped after another episode. Woke up in the hospital and, by the way, had a heart deformation that required surgery. My mother blew her lid, according to my doctor, of wanting to see me dead. Went to his office and threw his degrees in a ward's office wall at him and was screaming at him. Only reason she didn't sue was to prevent assault charges. Simple echocardiograph showed growth causing the electricity to pump my heart to go into circles. Wasn't fun having heart attack simulations nearly every day for four years. Before anyone asks, was poor and that cardiologist was the only one on my mother's insurance. To my doctor's credit, we both kind of had a laugh at this before the test results came back. I went to my primary because I had been experiencing hot flashes. Dr. Google couldn't tell me what was wrong, and I knew it didn't feel right. Well, at least we know it wasn't menopause, my doctor joked. I laughed. What 23-year-old woman spontaneously goes through menopause? This one. My doctor was very apologetic. I'm on hormone therapy now and doing fine. Luckily didn't end up with any crazy negative side effects, but could have if my doctor didn't run a full workup just to be safe. Changing it up just a little. My colleagues were convinced a girl was just faking a stomach ache. She was about 16 years old and it was exam season, a time when we would get many sudden tummy aches, fits, etc. So I understood their skepticism, but something didn't sit right with me. I took her history myself and sent her for an emergency ultrasound of her abdomen, ectopic pregnancy. I was ready to rupture at any moment, so I shipped her over to OBS slash GYN to get surgery ASAP. She came out just fine, but man oh man did I give my coworkers a hard time after that. Exam season or not, we need to be thorough. Had another time when it was just me and one other doctor working in mission. She dismissed a case of a little girl faking fatigue for attention. Thankfully, I overheard her telling someone, so I went to double check. The poor girl was having a carpopedal spasm and was most definitely not faking her condition. Hooked her up to some calcium and sent her home with meds the next day. I'm not trying to make it sound like I'm perfect, but in our line of work, we must always be a little paranoid. I wouldn't really say they didn't believe that I was in pain, but didn't believe how much pain I was in. In February 2016, I started getting side cramps. I went to the ER. They said I had a tiny ovarian cyst. Okay, cool. I've had those before. In March 2016, I started my period and it continued until June. Between March and May, I went to at least seven doctor's offices and ERs. I've had several ultrasounds and always had about five to six cysts spread between both of my ovaries. I was told I was too young. You're only 23. We don't want to take the cysts out because it could damage your ovaries. Or you could lose one or both if something goes wrong. And what if you want to have kids one day? And on one instance, it's a Saturday and we don't feel like calling a surgeon in. I was calling off work or leaving early at least once a week. I always had a portable heating pad on and taking pretty heavy pain pills. In May 2016, I finally found a doctor who would do exploratory surgery on me. He pretty much opened me up, went, holy crap, and closed me back up. I then had to have a major surgery a couple weeks later because my left ovary had eaten the cysts and was attaching itself to my colon and artery in my leg. So I ended up losing my ovary anyway. I did throw a see you later ovulator party before my big surgery, which was a big hit. I'm trying to think of an after while crocodile pun with the body part, but I'm drawing a blank. Any YouTube comments want to take a shot at it? Not my child, my brother. 
He was 11 and suddenly tired and lethargic. He missed a lot of school. He hated missing school. My mom kept taking him in, and they'd say it's the flu or puberty or mono, and it wouldn't ever get better. After a few weeks of this, my mom brought him to the hospital again and yelled at his doctors that something was seriously wrong with her son and they needed to do their jobs and figure out what it was. It was leukemia. They called the next morning just before 2 a.m. and said the test came back, your son needs to come in now. Not in the morning, right now. I can't imagine what happens to a parent in that moment when you know it's bad because they call you in at 2 a.m., but you don't know why. He was in treatment for just over a year and was re-diagnosed on his birthday. A few months later, he had a bone marrow transplant and was able to come home pretty quickly. There were complications from the transplant, called graft-versus-host disease, like organ rejection, but the new cells try to reject you. It attacked his musculoskeletal system, causing stiffness in some dangerous situations. This October will be eight years since the transplant, and he's cancer-free. That boy loves to use the cancer card now, but he's definitely earned the right. A doctor didn't believe me when I had a kidney stone that was too big to pass. He only changed his mind when another doctor checked me and started freaking out since I was getting super sick from the stuck stone. The doctor ended up getting fired from the hospital and my parents sued him. I wouldn't call it urgent medical care, but I was stuck in my room for about five hours on my bed with my head pressed into my shoulder because I had pinched a nerve. I had never had one before. I wasn't able to move my head at all, and when my mom got home from work, she called an ambulance for me. They carried me out in a sitting position and off to the hospital we went. When we got there, it took about a half hour for me to get into the hospital bed and ended up just giving up and leaving me sitting upright. The doctor pulled my mom out of the room and asked if I had a history of faking injuries in order to get painkillers, because I was pressing against the pain instead of leaning my head away from it. I had bronchitis, which turned into pneumonia, and when I went to the nurse, she sent me back to class because my fever was only 99. By the end of school, I made it home on the bus, but I had to go to the emergency room because I couldn't breathe. My lungs were filled with fluid. I was in fourth grade. I was out of school for two weeks, I think. When I was 16, I was in a really dark place, and one day, I decided to confide to my doctor that I thought I might be depressed and see what he would recommend. Dude straight up laughed in my face and said, you're not depressed, you're just a teenager. I told my mom I wanted to change doctors after that, and it took another year and tons of self-destructive behavior before I sought help again. Urgent a condition as the others, but it still manages to raise my blood pressure years later. Starting from when I was about 7, I would have terrible stomach pains, which my pediatrician claimed was attention-seeking behavior. He told my parents that they should punish me anytime I complained of stomach problems. My parents, who love yelling, jumped at a new reason to scream at me on a nearly daily basis. When I went to college, I was finally diagnosed as having a hiatal hernia, just like my grandparents, father, and aunt. When I was a kid, they even commented that I had the same symptoms they did, which for my pediatrician meant that I was just mimicking their complaints and didn't have the same condition. Because it had been untreated for so long, I now have to worry about Barrett's and esophageal cancer. Lucky me. New hearing doctor didn't believe that I needed hypoallergenic molds made and ended up making regular ones to try them out. Within a few days, my left ear was sore. It hurt a lot more than usual. Doctor and ear specialist thought it was just a little bit of irritation and that it would clear up quickly. It ended up being a major middle inner ear infection. Ruptured the eardrum, pus and blood everywhere on my pillow. About a month of agony, a lot of drugs, and a lot of specialists in the hospital. I was already very hard of hearing. That made me lose another 10 decibels permanently. This isn't so much a faking it situation, but more of my ex-girlfriend having to deal with a really incompetent security guard that hindered her getting medical help. My ex had a severe peanut allergy, and one time she ate a Thai chicken pizza in the college cafeteria that did not list peanuts as one of the ingredients, 
After her throat started burning, she knew something was wrong, so she grabbed a glass of milk, which I guess helped a bit, and went outside for some air because she was having trouble breathing. A security guard was passing outside in front of the building and saw that she might need some help. At this point, my ex was panicking and frantically looking through her bag for her EpiPen. The security guard asked what was wrong, and she tried to explain that she had a severe peanut allergy and needed to be taken to the hospital. When the security guard saw her take out the EpiPen, she took it from her and said that it was school policy that she be the one to do it. She then asked her to hold out her arm so she could inject her. My girlfriend could not believe that the security guard was trying to inject her arm like it was a flu shot and out of frustration, she yanked it from the guard's hand and put it in her thigh like you were supposed to and sternly told her, I need to get to a hospital now. When I was nine, I would get stomach aches when I went to school. My doctor insisted I was faking, but my mom insisted he take it seriously. Finally, they gave me a barium x-ray and saw I had a stomach ulcer. I had to take Malox and drink milk at every meal and snack. I even had to get special permission to get milk from the cafeteria at morning recess. My teacher ridiculed me for that. She was horrible and abusive. While I never received any of her physical abuse, there were two other boys in my class who got it on a regular basis. This would have been 1980, so it wasn't normal for teachers to be pulling hair or knocking a kid's face into a desk. Every day, the three of us would have to stay after school while she told us all how stupid we were. My stomach aches did not get better, and the doctor accused me of some combination of faking slash exaggerating slash non-compliance. We literally had to save all the empty Malox bottles to prove I was really taking my daily doses. Today we know that having me drink milk six, seven times a day was exacerbating things, and in retrospect, my mom never really understood how stressful it was being in that class. It wasn't until the last few months of fourth grade when they finally transferred me to another classroom that I got well again. Later my mom told me that even she thought I'd been exaggerating when I talked about how mean the teacher was. Because I left the honors class and moved down a level, my former teacher still ridiculed me pretty frequently when we crossed paths, but it didn't tie my stomach up in knots. I'm just going to read this comment here because I agree with it completely. What a vile excuse for a human being. I can't believe individuals like this get to have any authority over young children. So sorry that happened to you. Not me, but my mother. She had been very sick and tired. Imagine a cold, but it's a hundred times worse. The doctor she saw multiple times kept basically blowing it off, saying she just needed some rest. It kept getting worse. One day, I was home with her. She was in bed sleeping, and I was out in the living room watching TV. For some reason, she decided to walk out into the living room and sit in the chair across from the couch. She looked like a legit zombie, and when she sat down, she could barely hold her head up. I immediately called 911. Turned out she had pneumonia, and one of her lungs was entirely full of fluid, while the other was more than halfway. She spent a few days in the hospital and fully recovered. I don't know what made her decide to walk into the living room, but if she hadn't, then she would likely have died that day. All of that could have been avoided if the doctor she saw would have just paid closer attention to what was going on. I can barely remember this, but I was around the age of 11. I went for a sore throat, severe cough that would make me dry heave, phlegm, just the whole thing. Doctor says it's all in my head, despite me having an obviously inflamed throat and a very wet cough. I remember sitting there with my grandma, who was like, uh, I don't think it was in her head. I went back the same week and was diagnosed with walking pneumonia. I think that's when we switched doctors, too. Not a doctor or nurse, but a bunch of camp counselors and the infirmary doc. I went to a sleepaway camp for children with cancer or anything chronic and or life-threatening. It's the second day and I wake up feeling a little bit sick with a sore throat. Okay, I'll just drink some water and I'll be okay. It's the summer after all. I can't get sick. Breakfast rolls around at 10am and I'm not hungry and my throat is getting worse. I tell one of my counselors that I'm not feeling good and he says, eat something, wait till after the morning activity. I couldn't bring myself to swallow so I just sat there and then went to arts and crafts. I feel so sick at this point, I just sit in the corner of the arts and crafts room, literally fading in and out. I tell a different counselor, and he says, drink some water. I do, it doesn't help at all. I realize that they're not going to do anything unless I make a big deal about it. I think to stand up and make an announcement. 
When I stand up, I immediately need to sit down again, and now my throat hurts too much to talk. I say, I don't feel good in my raspy, weak voice. He says, wait until after this activity. Lunch comes around at 12.30, and I go to the bathroom before sitting down, and I look like a zombie in the bathroom mirror. I go back to my table, and I say I can't eat. The counselors ask me why. I say, I feel sick. One of the counselors begrudgingly agrees to take me to the infirmary, which was a mini hospital because all the kids here had medical issues. I can barely walk but I make it there, and promptly get sat down on an old wood bench and left alone as my counselor walks back to eat lunch. After about 15 minutes of waiting, a doctor pokes her head out of her office and asks me what's wrong. I tell her, I felt sick since I woke up, my throat hurts. She feels my forehead and says, you don't feel warm but I'll get a thermometer. She comes back with a thermometer and puts it under my tongue. I had a fever of 102 and strep throat at a tightly packed dining hall surrounded by kids with compromised immune systems. I'm surprised that I didn't get anyone sick, but the fact that it took 5 hours to get a chronically sick kid some freaking medical attention still makes my blood boil. I was bedridden for 3 days and missed literally everything I wanted to do while there. The worst part was, this was my last year before I got too old. I was losing my hair, my gums bled randomly, my skin looked like garbage, my muscles cramped up randomly, I literally fell over once while standing on my feet, I got horribly depressed, world felt like cardboard is the only way I can think to describe it, and all I wanted to do was eat and sleep. Sometimes I would start talking in conversation and get a word jumble midway through where words didn't come out right, which was the beginning of some social anxiety for me. I went to several doctors who plainly thought I was full of it. Several of them asked me how much I drank and one of them asked me over and over again as if he didn't believe me when I said I didn't. I was tested for low thyroid, cancer, rheumatoid arthritis, and some other scary things but nothing came up. This was over a 6 month period. I finally figured it out by googling my symptoms, which led me to a message board that suggested I find a doctor who would give me a blood test for it so I would know for sure. Turns out I was really really low on B12, somewhere in the low 300s I think. They went from nearly eye-rolling me to my face to giving me a B12 shot in the office before I left on my second visit and prescribing sublingual B12 to me. I actually found out a few years later that I have a gene mutation that keeps me from methylating B vitamins. I mention it to every new doctor I see now and they always look at me like I'm a hypochondriac, then look it up on their laptop and kind of go, okay, like they're relieved I'm not full of crap. Not exactly accused of faking it, more so just disbelieved or taken lightly. I went into emergency at the hospital because it was Saturday for a medium-level abdominal pain that had been ongoing since the previous weekend. I've been to the general practitioner on Wednesday or Thursday and had a blood test booked for the coming Tuesday, early as possible. However, my mom decided to take me in because of how long it lasted without change. At the hospital, I had a blood test taken and the doctor thought 50 milligrams of codeine would take care of my non-problem. It did nothing, so he gave another one and Panadol. He ended up believing it would work, but it sent everyone frantic when I ended up bent over, frothing at the mouth and coughing up blood. The blood test said pancreatitis. My brother had severe asthma, as in, I'd wake up in the middle of the night to paramedics and an ambulance and only ask which grandparents I was going to wake up at. He had an asthma attack in school and his second grade teacher declared that he was faking it. Another teacher, Mrs. B, who was also friends with my mom, told her that he had a very well-documented history, several medical journal articles written about him by this point with more to follow as he got older. He was definitely having an asthma attack and needed his inhaler and possibly several breathing treatments now. We kept several different inhalers at the school, but they had to be given by the nurse. The second grade teacher once again declared she knew what an asthma attack looked like and he was faking it. Mrs. B, the friend teacher, took him out of class immediately, tried the inhalers, and called her mom. He ended up staying in the hospital for several weeks and wasn't well enough to go to school for months. The school district not only had to pay for tutors to come to our house to help him keep up with classes, but also had to pay for his medical costs since mom was also a teacher. 
the second grade teacher tried to get Mrs. B in trouble for removing a student from her classroom without permission and almost got fired herself for causing the situation to get as bad as it did. Mom also was granted a transfer to our elementary school, which she had been trying to get for a while to help make sure my brother's health was okay, and she helped create an amazing, successful reading program there. The school district also implemented some changes that allowed kids with rescue inhalers to be able to keep them with them instead of with the nurse, as long as certain procedures were followed. The second grade teacher, on my brother's first day back to school, declared in a loud voice, the next time, let me know if you need your inhalers. The overprotective big sister in me took over and loudly shouted back, he did. The school secretary gleefully told my mom it was the first time she had ever heard me talk above a whisper.